Today's episode is sponsored by the Flipped Learning Global Initiative. At the end of the show, I'm going to share how Flipped Learning has morphed into something new and exciting called Flipped Learning 3.0. But for now, let's get on with the show. BAM Radio Network. Sometimes we feel like our administrators maybe aren't paying enough attention to us or we feel noticed within the building. Welcome to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio, where you'll hear engaging conversations between ASCD emerging leaders, leading authors, experts, and practitioners on the topics that matter to today's educators and impact the success of every child. I'm your host, Rachel George, and I'm joined on Skype by Alan Bendler. Alan is an educator, school psychologist, and author of more than 15 books, including Discipline with Dignity and My Favorite, When Teaching Gets Tough. Alan, it's great to have you on the show. Well, when teachers are in difficult situations, one of my favorite things that you talk about is that you speak to how attitudes are at least as important or as important as strategies in the classroom. So can you talk a little bit about attitudes and how they influence what goes on in the classroom? Oh, absolutely. You know, first of all, I found that virtually everybody to feel good about the job that we have, we need to feel noticed and recognized. Uh, We need to feel successful. Um, We need to think that what we're doing is important and as well as to uh, experience pleasure. And, uh, you know, it's important to recognize that there are a number of things that we do have influence over. In uh, the book, we talk about the importance of, of making somebody else's day, give before you get, be there, you know, be focused, be in the moment, be teaching uh, with passion. Uh, we actually have a, an acronym that we refer to as BEEP, Belief, Energy, Emotion, and Passion. So there are a number of things that we can do to awaken our excitement and enthusiasm and convey it to those with whom we work. So I'm so glad you brought up satisfaction, and especially because it's springtime, and that's sometimes when we see satisfaction, or at least attitudes sometimes dip a little bit. And so one of the things you talk about is that one of the ways you can increase your satisfaction at work in the classroom is by focusing on making a student's day. So what are some tips in in a building that I could put into practice or help support others with? Certainly greet kids with a smile, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, make them feel welcome, Uh, show interest in their interests, you know, notice when things are going well. Most of us are very, very quick to notice when things aren't working out. We flip on a light switch and when the lights come on, we, you know, we just sort of take it for granted. It's when they don't that we really pay attention. And, uh, you know, my take is let's pay a little bit more attention to when the lights go on. You know, there are a lot of things that do go well. When uh, the class lines up well, notice that. When a parent uh, sends a permission slip on time, you know, focus on that. You know, Mm -hmm. when an administrator, um, when you have an organized day, remind yourself to thank an administrator for, um, you know, being there to uh, help make that happen. (laughs) You know, so there are just a number of little things that we can do if if we stay focused in that way. Well, and probably also slow down, right? Because we get busy that we sometimes forget to really notice those things oftentimes. And it kind of makes me think of sometimes we feel like our administrators maybe aren't paying enough attention to us or we feel noticed within the building. So were there some ideas that as a principal I can be cognizant about to help address this? You know, I I would suggest that administrators react to their, act and react to their staff as they expect their staff to act and react to their students. 
you know, obviously, if you think uh, uh, having a welcoming classroom environment is a good idea for teachers and you're trying to convey that to them, you know, are you out there when they're arriving, when, when your teachers are arriving and having a smile on your face and welcoming them? Uh, at a faculty meeting, um, you know, are you noticing, uh, you know, positives that that have uh, that are occurring throughout the week or throughout the day, and uh, you're focusing on those and expressing those. So uh, I know a, a couple of administrators who, on professional development days, um, they bring in uh, masseuses, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they. You know, there's the opportunity for staff to, um, you know, to experience the relaxation that we and the mindfulness that we want to convey to our kids. No, completely. That's huge. So kind of extending it outside of the school building and thinking to parent support, how can we help connect with them and help get them on board? Do you have any ideas with that? Well, I think a lot is about um, how we see them. You know, for example, uh, you know, is an argumentative parent uh, annoying or are they advocating? You know, I, so, you know, if, if I can, if I view uh, parents as uh, partners um, as opposed to potential adversaries, uh-huh. then, um, you know, I, there there is reach out that I can do to them. Um, I, I often advise teachers, for example, um, before school even starts to, uh, make a phone call home, just introduce yourself and maybe ask a question or two about uh, the child and, you know, maybe the first or second phone call uh, home during the school year, you know, ought to be a positive message about what a student has done well, you know, sort of set the stage so that if you, you know, need parent support down the road, particularly with those parents who are known to be difficult, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have a better shot at them not getting real defensive right away and, uh, you know, getting on board and becoming uh, allies rather than adversaries. Mm-hmm. It's definitely money in the bank. It's a good front-loading investment for sure. Um, so you talk also about six pillars uh, of success specifically and about how they can increase their influence with students, teachers specifically. And I believe those are, re- and correct me if I'm wrong, relationship, relevance, responsibility, success, safety, and the final one is fun. Did I get them right? Awesome. Yay! So the two that really pop out at me that I really love is uh, relevance and also fun. And the relationship and the dynamic between the two is completely fascinating. And so could you talk a little bit about those two specifically and maybe some ways that I could self-reflect on my practice and, and what that looks like? Oh, sure. Well, you know, first of all, um, you know, if you can, it, usually, no matter what it is that you're teaching or that the curriculum uh, asks you to teach, you can, if you think enough about it, you can usually find experiences that probably your kids are, exper- are, are having that you can connect to the topic. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, for example, if you're, you know, if you're talking about conflict in the world or, you know, in various places in the world, um, you know, conflict in the neighborhood is something that, you know, can, can alert them. Um, it, there's, it doesn't necessarily, relevance doesn't necessarily have to feel like fun, but it needs to feel meaningful. You know, when the curriculum feels meaningful, kids are going to get, uh, you know, more, much more involved. And of uh-huh. course, when, when it's, when it's fun, when it's literally fun, when we can have a laugh, I mean, that's awesome, you know, so know something about, even outside of the curriculum, know something about what 
your kids really like. Most kids are into uh, video games, they're into music, they're into uh, uh, sports, uh, TV shows, that sort of thing. You know, know a little bit about their interests and connect with them. And what I also advise teachers to do is do at least one thing that you perceive as fun for yourself every hour. I mean, every Ooh. hour do something that is that gives you joy because I like that. I mean, if you know, if you're joyful, then you're going to awaken that in your kids. Uh-huh. And it's uh, contagious. Of, sometimes people look at me weird, but I have been known to just break out uh, in belly laughter with kids. And uh, at first, they think I'm absolutely a lunatic, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, Shortly thereafter, they realize that you don't have to wait for the feeling of joy to take over you before you laugh. You can actually laugh from the belly up and bring the feeling of joy along. I like that. I can completely picture that going on. I love it. Very, very healthy, which that speaks perfectly to our last and final question. It's our gold star question, and it talks about self-care and that happiness aspect. So if an educator wanted to earn a gold star for taking top-notch care of him or herself, what are the first three things he or she should try? And that might be one of them, but I'm not sure. So what is your take? Ah, boy, that's a, that's a tough one because there are <laughs> just so many. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, one of them would be to indulge in a loud belly laugh that at least lasts at least 30 seconds. Um, I'd say another might be to at least periodically give yourself a hug. You know, if nobody is around to hug you, wrap your arms around yourself and hug yourself as you would a friend in need of nurturing. And um, also, I would say, you know, bring something to work that, you know, that you really love, you know, that, that's just like bring a bouquet of flowers to work and, uh, you know, like stop to smell them like mid- middle of the day, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, plug some uh, plug plug some uh, earphones in your ear and uh, turn on some music for a few minutes when the kids are are elsewhere and just uh, allow yourself to indulge in the joy and relaxation of listening to some favorite sounds. I love it. I should say there are there are lots lots more <laughs> of those sorts of suggestions in the book, but. Um, off the top, those are three that come to mind. Well, that's perfect. No, and that's great. And it's absolutely fitting for the time of the year it is as we are just rushing and trying to cram everything in. And it's really about being present in the moment and taking care of yourself and therefore being able to take care of the students. So thank you. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. Learn more about Alan's work, including his books, When Teaching Gets Tough and Discipline with Dignity at www. .ascd.org backslash Alan Mendler. Before we go, I want to share how the ground underneath flipped learning has shifted and why the future of flipped learning will be very different from the past. Flipped learning has reinvented itself into something called Flipped Learning 3.0. Three forces are driving the change that has moved flipped learning from being just another teaching tactic to a mega teaching strategy that supports all others. To learn the five things that distinguish Flip Learning 3.0 from the Flip Learning most of you know today, click the Flip Learning 3.0 button on your screen for a quick overview. Or, if you're listening by podcast, go to www.flglobal.org backslash FL3. If you are interested in staying relevant, informed, and prepared for the changes ahead, visit the site now to learn the minimum you should know about Flip Learning 3.0. You've been listening to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.